0: Welcome to Pardes Daily, where you get your daily dose of Torah with Pardes faculty. This time, Pardes is bringing Pesach to you. Let's dive in. Shalom, this is Yiska Smith coming to you from Pardes in Jerusalem. Welcome to the ninth episode in Preparing to Experience Inner Freedom and Liberation through the lens of Rav Cook's commentaries on the Haggadah Shel Pesach. Today's episode brings us to the part of Magid, the part of the telling, the narrative, that begins with Rabban Gamliel Hayah Omer. This is shortly after we sing Dayenu and Al-Achat Kama V'Kama. So we read as follows. Rabban Gamliel hayo omer kal shlo amashav shadvarim elu baPesach lo yetsa yedei chovato ve elu hen pesach matza u so rabban gamliel this is the second by the way he was the grandson of the first rabban gamliel he actually was the first nasi he was the first head of the Sanhedrin after the destruction of the Second Temple. So he lived during a very tumultuous time, and he passed in 114 CE. And he used to say, whoever has not addressed these three matters on Pesach has not fulfilled his obligation. And these are Pesach, meaning the Korban Pesach, Matzah eating, mentioning about matzah and the marwa and eating the bitter herb. So today's episode is going to focus on pesach. So the haggadah continues: Pesach, Shahayu Avotenu Ochlim. Pesach refers to the during the times of the Beit HaMikdash, and remember. He lived to see the destruction of the second temple. So you can imagine the brokenheartedness when he was speaking about this. The Pesach, the Korban Pesach, this is what our fathers ate when the holy temple existed. Bizman shebet Mekdash mikdash hu-kayam. Al shum ma. What does it signify? Al shum she-pasach Hakadosh it signifies that the holy one blessed be he passed over al bate avotenu bimitzrayim over the houses of our forefathers in Egypt sheneema as it says in the pasuk shmot Yudbet bet chaf zayin exodus 12:27 va'matam zavach pesachu lahashem pesach abate ben yisrael b'mitzrayim, b'nagbo et mitzrayim v'yet tzir, ha'am pesach that our fathers ate when the holy temple existed what does it signify it signifies that the holy one blessed be he passed over pesach passed over the houses of our fathers in egypt as it says in the verse from Exodus 12, 27, you shall say it is a Passover sacrifice to Hashem, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote Egypt while sparing our houses. And the people bowed down and prostrated themselves. Okay, that's what we recite in the Haggadah. Now, Rav Kook is going to offer quite a unique, different understanding of the phrase Pesach. We even say in English, Passover, because of this understanding that God passed over. Well, that's not according to Rav Kook. We have a mental picture, he teaches. We have a mental picture of the Holy One skipping over the houses of the Hebrews while entering into the homes of the Egyptians and smiting their firstborn. Linguistically, it is very difficult to defend this picture. On Mount Carmel, much, much earlier than this time that Rabban Gamiel, the second, this is after the destruction of the second temple, during the times of the first temple, on Mount Carmel, the prophet Eliyahu throws down a challenge to the people of Israel. And he says to them, how long will you waver? How long will you vacillate between the two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. And if Baal, which is an idol, people were worshiping idols also then. And he's saying, if you're going to choose Baal, then follow him. That's in the book of Kings one, chapter eighteen twenty one. Here's the Hebrew. He says, uh-huh. Admatai atem poshim from Pasach. Admatai poshim al shtei ha seifim. Im Hashem ha Elohim lechu acharav ve'im ha Baal lechu acharav. Till when will you go back and forth, vacillate in between?" from this one to that one. There's no passing over here. In the actual verse in the Book of Kings 1, 1821, Eliyahu is using Pushim in a very different way than how we interpret the Pasuk in Shemot, which of course preceded that by many, many years. All we know in the Pesuch and Shemot is that the word Pesach refers to when God Pesach And we've come to interpret it as passing over. But according to this use of the word Pesachim, it does not mean to pass over. Rav Kook continues, literally it means how long will you vacillate Between these two thoughts, the trouble was not that the Jewish people were passing over or bypassing one or the other, i.e. monotheism versus polytheism, but rather in their minds, they would reside at one thought for a while and then linger at the other thought for a while. So the key words are poschim al, waver between, vacillate between. It does not mean Passover. Thus, Rav Cook continues, based on a careful linguistic analysis, it makes much more sense that God actually visited the houses of the children of Israel in between slaying the firstborn of the Egyptian households. What it means when he pasach, it's that he went into the home of the Egyptians, then he'd go into the home of the Hebrews. He'd go into the home of the Hebrews, then he would go into the home of the Egyptians. Of course, when he went into the home of the Egyptians, he smote the firstborn. When he came into the home of the Hebrews, what happened? Well, let's see what Ralph Cook suggests. This visit, this psicha, this dropping by took the form of hashra'at hashkina. Hashra'at hashkina, the indwelling, the revelation, encountering the divine presence in an imminent, in a visceral, in a very real way. I would like to suggest, in fact, it is important to note that Rav Cook felt that Rashi's commentary on Exodus 12:13 is difficult to understand. The verse originally reads, "And the blood will be for you a sign upon the houses where you will be, and I will see the blood and skip over you." Batim. So Rashi comments, I say, however, that every expression of pasicha is an expression of skipping, passing over, jumping. Hence, Pesachti means that he was skipping from the houses of the Israelites to the houses of the Egyptians, for they were living one in the midst of the other. And Rav Cook does not accept this. When Rashi writes in Hebrew, that he passed over, he jumped over. Because they were living, the Jews were living among the Egyptians. So Rashi's understanding of this Pasuk in Exodus twelve thirteen is where we come to see that it could be Passover. However, Rav Cook does not support that. He really believes, in fact, that a Kodesh Baruch Hu, spiritually, of course, went into every home, actually visit every home. He vacillated between. He went into here, he went into there. Indeed, our rabbis tell us in Michil Tabo, in the Midrash, that our fathers even had three altars upon which to receive the presence of the Hashra HaShekhinah. What were the three authors? Just like there were authors in the Mishkan and the Beit HaMikdash, where we sensed the Hashra HaShekhinah. The three authors in every Jewish home then was the lintel, the crossbeam at the door, with the two doorposts. So this interpretation of events is uh, something that Rav Cook actually is leaning on, is relying on the Kabbalist, Rabbi uh, Moshe Chaim Luzato, the Ramchal. The resting of the divine presence was all the more remarkable because it took place in Mitzrayim, sandwiched in the very midst of the impurity of the idol worship of Egypt. So I would invite all of us to consider, what does this mean? What does this mean for us? What does this mean for us? When we are steeped in various cultures, various ways of life, various different values, that because we live in a big world, in a global community, they may come to really contradict our wanting to have a sense of the divine presence, wanting to honor the Jewish Tradition in fact, are we enslaved or are we redeemed? Well, if we buckle, if we unfortunately yield to the pressures around us, then we won't sense the hashoat shekhinah But what was happening in Egypt, let us really learn from it. The Hebrews were steeped in idol worshiping communities in the culture of Egypt. And yet they observed this beautiful mitzvah of Korban Pesach with the matzah, with the mahroh, the original, original Pesach. And because of that, their very homes became, each one, an altar, a mishkan, a Beit mikdash a sacred place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu was able to reveal herself as the Shekhinah. Just so inspiring, so wonderful, that no matter where we are, we can cultivate inner freedom and liberation. And in that, we will sense the psicha, the presence of Hashem visiting us in between as Hashem decides to judge other people around us in his or her divine ways. Thank you very much for listening. I look so forward to sharing episode 10. Please God with all of you tomorrow. All the best. Shalom. Shalom. Thank you to our Pardace faculty. And a big thanks to you, our learners. Make sure to check back in every day to stay on track with your learning and visit www.pardes.org.il for more information about other ways to learn with Pardes.